0: Welcome to Wielding Legacy. My name is Laura Payne Stanley, and this is your weekly audio insight, because the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. As I said, this is an audio insight, and it's one for high achievers, for visionaries, for empire builders, and for power couples. You see, I know that you are here, already creating an impact in your industry. You are here building a legacy for you and your family and it drives you, it occupies your mind. But through my work as a trusted advisor to extraordinary entrepreneurs, I know you aren't yet reaching your greatest potential in your business, your performance, and in your relationships. Now I'm known with my clients, I am one of their loudest cheerleaders, believing in them often before they do. And yet you can't enroll me in your legacy limiting story. I'm your biggest empowering challenger as well as you create your ultimate legacy. So this audio insight is called Wielding Legacy because as I said, the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. Welcome to Wielding Legacy. And in this episode, we're talking about making money easily and the impact it can obviously have on building your legacy. This today is such an interesting topic because it comes up a lot in the work that I do. And why is that? Well, the concept of not wanting to make make money easily. When we talk about it in our conscious mind, people say, of course I wanna make money easily, Laura. Why would I not? And it's a perfectly logical question. The truth is that it's actually not your conscious mind that's doing this. If you don't wanna make it easily, it's your subconscious mind. And we can self-sabotage when it comes to making money easily, we can actually make it really hard for people to pay us. So today's episode really is about your unconscious mind with some kind of conscious mind tips and tricks that you can do so you can have instant gratification right now on implementing if you want to. But I'm gonna go back a stage and we're gonna talk about the, the unconscious mind, the, the, your mind that's the driver even if you, you don't think it's in the driving seat. So why do we want to not make money easily? Or another reframe is, why do we actually wanna make it really hard for people to pay us? One option can be ancestral narratives around hard workers. So if you find, and you might resonate with this right now, that you come from a family of hard workers. Now, hard work is a beautiful trait to have. Apart from, you know, this, this kind of, like demonization of a hustle culture right now that don't ever work hard. I don't buy into that. I think everybody has to work hard at certain points in their life. There's a difference between hard work and hustle. But you might have an ancestral narrative that actually says that you're hard workers. And what that can turn out to mean is that you have to work hard in order to earn money. And if you haven't done enough work, then you won't make money. AKA you make it really hard and have to do a lot more work for the money that you earn. So that's one option that can be going on. And you might well resonate with that right now. Another reason why we can sabotage is tribal behavior. I love, and I always use my saber-toothed tigers. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that i always talk about saber-toothed tiger land. So if you go back in history to saber-toothed tiger land, tribes were everything. And I can't emphasize that enough tribes were everything. it's what kept us safe is what allowed us to be nourished and fed and just to be alive basically. So tribal behavior is in our DNA. Your current tribal behavior and your tribe by the way can be your family it could be blood relatives, it could be blood family, it doesn't have to be it could be a social construct of a tribe as well. But that tribe may have upper limits but, is the characteristics associated with that tribe. So it could be the characteristics that are associated with your family. And that has an upper limit. Now go back to Saber Tigerland. If you stepped away from the tribe, you weren't safe. And I've talked about this many times before. And if you weren't safe, the tribe would bring you back in because they wanted you to be safe. And you would obey, because actually, if you didn't have a new tribe to go to, you didn't want to be in the you know, saber-tooth tiger land on your own, you weren't really going to survive. So if your tribe right now has upper limit issues or problems, or just, it might not even be a problem, it might just be an upper limit, everyone's kind of subconsciously agreed to keep to, then if that upper limit is no longer your upper limit, then we could come into some issues. I myself actually had a tribal upper limit, and it seems really obvious and basic, but when me and my husband bought our latest house, it was a bigger house, and either one of us had grown up in and by buying that house, we were going above and beyond what our tribes, our blood tribes, either side, had achieved, and there was some resistance for a while. Now, it wasn't a problem. It was just had to be identified to move through it. You can also have something that we call generational wounds. An example of this is a client of mine, their father had invested in money, money in a business, and they had a business partner. Um, both partners had put money into the business. So the father and the business partner put money into the business, sorry. But the business partner had then stolen the father's money and their original investment and taking it back out of the business and just run off with it. So what this left the father with was no original business that was valid because obviously they didn't have the cash flow. There was no money investment in there. And they then he didn't have the business either. That story had become family folklore. Now, family folklore is any of these stories that you say in your family, your tribe, that just people know about. You just all heard these stories. And that led to a distrust regarding business for my client. And it wasn't even about having a business partner, where it showed up for her specifically was with collaborations. So any kind of collaboration, there was an inherent distrust before trust was earned. So generational wounds can show up in many different facets of our business life and our life. Let me ask you, do you know your family story around money? Do you know your family story around making money easy? Do you know your family story about making money hard? Does, has your family always been struggling for money? Has your family always had debt? Nothing and no judgment needs to be brought to this, but you just need to understand if your family story is impacting how you make money and specifically, because that's the title of our episode today, whether it's stopping you making money easily. So I'm going to say to you, dive in. See if there's a generational or ancestral belief or family law or anything around money that be, could be stopping you or blocking you making money easily. And when we talk about uh, families, it can also be a family that you've you married. So it could be your partner or it could be your life partner if you're not married. That could be impacting. So if there was any history of a negativity, let's say, on the side of a relationship and your partner. uh, I'm very careful with my language, how I say this. This isn't the title of today's episode. But if there was any trauma based in that relationship or there was any um, lowering of confidence by the partner or any narcissistic behavior that could impact your self-worth can actually impact how you're bringing money in easily. If anyone has ever said to you, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never make that business work. That could be impacting how you are bringing money in easily. So this all seems very heavy and it can be because we're talking about, that's why I call them a generational wound because a wound can still be open. It doesn't have to be healed. It doesn't have to be, you know, like kind of healed over or anything like that. This wound generational wound could still be a gaping wound that the family have, that your tribe have, that even your ancestors have. And it could be your time now to heal from that wound. And I want to do this kind of episode in like two to three parts. I wanted to talk about why we sabotage ourselves from making money easily. And then I actually wanted to go much more strategy today. And it's something that I do with many of my clients, obviously as a master certified coach, I do a lot of internal work, but I'm a businesswoman as well. And we often have often have those kind of consultation conversations around not just what's going on underneath, but then how do you implement, once you had a realization, to bring money in, to create a legacy. And that's what I wanted to do in the second half of today. I wanted to give you some really great strategic points that you can go and implement. So if at the moment you are listening to this episode and you're thinking, do you know what? I might be making it really hard for people to pay me. What do we look at? Well, the first one is how do you serve instant gratification people? So there will be some people in your audience that they have that desire to buy something and they're not patient. (laughs) They don't want to wait to buy it. They want to buy something and they want to buy it right now. So how can you serve them? Do you have anything available to them that they can just buy? If they are on board, they've read your sales pages, they're loving what you do on social media, they might have seen you speak at something. Are they on board? How do they buy? So ask yourself right now, do you have an instant gratification option for people? Okay. I already mentioned the second one, which is sales page. There are so many sales pages that I look at. And I'm not going to talk about the benefits of a long-form versus a short-form sales page right now. That's a whole other topic we could get into. But what I'm saying is, is your sales page really easy to understand? Is it obvious if someone says, I'm in, hell yes, hands up in the air, I want to buy this. Is it obvious how they do that? And this can be done with a simple sales button. And it needs to be big, it needs to be bold, it needs to be easy. Do not make the language on that button really confusing. So buy now, you know it's, it's so super obvious. And this is the thing, if your audience as a people who um, they may be, maybe have ADHD, they may be super busy minds. I know I definitely fall into the super busy mind type, type buyer. If you give me something that's confusing, I am more than likely to click off. I want it to be really simple to give you my money. If you put even one barrier up with me, I tend to, I'm out. So sales buttons, big, bold, and easy. Don't hide what you want someone to do. Do not make that sales button the same color as the background. Do not make it a link buried in the text. Make sure it's so obvious that someone knows what to do, when they've read your sales page. Now, by the way, it might not even be a buy it now button. It might be have a call. It might be whatever your next step is, but it's got to be really obvious. Check that whatever page you're using right now, I say sales page, and you might have done it in a specific um, lead page, sales page tool. You might have just had it on your website. Whatever you're using right now is almost irrelevant. What I'm saying to you is make sure that it's mobile friendly because a lot of the time these things are designed when we're at a PC. They're a desktop. They're not designed on mobile, and we can forget. Actually, the predominant amount of our buyers will buy um, via mobile, and especially if you've got a great social media strategy, then that may impact. If you don't have a responsive um, website, it will. People will be on mobile. They'll be on your social media. They'll click through, and the page just will kind of look wonky. It just, just doesn't look right. If you run a service-based business, I want you to ask yourself right now, how easy is it to book an appointment with you? Is it obvious for a member of your ideal client market to go onto your website, where else it might be, and understand how to book an appointment? I had an example of this um, recently with a restaurant. I wanted to book a table, and the restaurant had an online booking system. So tick, yay, they were doing well from that point of view. What happens though is all you could do on their system is put in the preferred date that you wanted to go and the number of people. Then it would go through and either give you a date and it was saying to me, no tables available. Okay, so there was no tables available for the date I wanted. I was quite flexible, I could move dates. The only way I could do it then was going back, back to the page, put a new date in, people, and go through again. And then it said, no tables available. It didn't say no tables available, but here's here's the table available for your number of people, you know, a week outside of the date that you were looking for. It made me keep going back, keep putting dates in. Do you know what? It just was too difficult. And I was like, I'm not, I can't be doing this anymore. I'm not gonna sit here for ages just trying to plug dates in. I think I did it three times and went, no, I'm out. So how easy are you making it? I see this as a lot, obviously as a master coach, When I work with my clients, all my clients are under contract. And when you send someone a contract, how easy is it for them to sign it and return it to you? So recently I booked someone's services and they sent me a contract, great tick for them, but they hadn't set it up as an online contract. So the only option for me to do this was to print out said contract, to sign it, to then scan it or take a photo of it, to then on my phone, I actually took a photo, to then email it back to myself and then save it onto a folder to then send back to the person. That was so many more steps than it needed to be. So if you've got a service-based business right now with contracts, I'm gonna say to you, do them online. Send them to somebody so they can sign and file it online and it will take, after they've read the contract, not including, it will take them the maximum of a minute to functionally sign and send back that contract. The same thing happens with accounting systems. So if you are then looking for someone to pay you, how easy are you making it them to for them to give you their money? Like how how easy is it for me to say, right, here you go. I want to pay you. Here's the money. You can do this through an accounting system. You could do this through a system such as Stripe. One of the things, again, and I'm smiling because this happened to me recently, the only way that I could pay this person, they didn't have any functionality available to them, not PayPal, not anything, was that I needed to go into our company bank account and set up this person as a new payee to then pay them. It was a faff. Whereas I'm like, I'm an instant person. I want to pay you. I'm willingly wanting to give you my money. But how many days do you think I put off actually paying them when I wanted to do it? Because I was like, okay, I need to set through. I need to go through that. I need to make sure i got a card reader. It was too many steps in there. They made it too hard for me to pay them. I did do it, but it wasn't simple and lovely and fluid. And I wasn't like, here's my money, Joy. Obviously, this is me here. So I couldn't help but go back and give them some feedback on that because I was saying to them in a beautiful way that I do with Love and Grace, but with the LPS Velvet Hammer, I said, if I hadn't been so desiring to work with you, I would have stopped. Because you've made it too hard for me, one, to sign the contract, and then two, to pay you. It's almost like they didn't want my money. This can also happen with referral and recommendations. If you've ever been in a Facebook group and someone said, who can recommend someone for a certain service? If you then recommend someone or yourself, do not post a link to your homepage. Why? Because you're making it hard for someone to know the next step. If someone was then interested in working with you, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to book a call? Send them a link to a book a call page. Do you want them just to buy? Can they just straight buy whatever a lower price point option that you've got? Great. Send them to the course page or the sales page. Don't ever send someone to a homepage. What, I don't know why you ever would really. Because if someone's asking a specific thing for you, send them somewhere that's relevant to their request. Because if you look at your stats, more often than not, if you just dump someone on your homepage, and I do mean dump someone on your homepage, because they're then going, "Uh, uh, uh, where do I go next? What am I supposed to do? I've asked for this. Why am I here? You're not helping the person. I had this recently with a new client when I was talking about um, networking, online networking. And it works for offline networking as well. So I've been doing a lot of networking and we talk about what's the next step. So if you're networking with someone, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to book a call with you? Do you want them to email you some information? What is it you want that person to do? Or even on what social media platform do you want them to connect with you? If you don't like your doing emails and you very rarely check your emails, why on earth would you be giving out your email address to someone when you're networking? If you're on LinkedIn all the time and you love that, give them out your LinkedIn profile. You've got to know what the next step is all the time. And it brings me on to another one about booking a call again if I bring my velvet hammer out here please don't use email ping pong there is nothing worse than the time spent going can you do this time what about this time what about this time what about this time you can spend hours trying to sort out a call if you don't already have it set up a booking system such as Calendly or Acuity that allows people to book in with you and them so it's it's a relevantly a mutually relevant time and they can just book in it's super easy. Now, if you've never used these, you do need to use an online calendar yourself because it will book in in the negative spaces when you're not doing something. So you do need to be on top of your own calendar. But it saves this email ping pong. It's just send send the link to someone. Book yourself in at a relevant time. Easy. Okay, so we've done calls. Let's talk about blog posts. If you have a really good SEO and blogging strategy that's that's working for you, not just that you're doing it, but actually it's working for you in terms of converting clients, it may be, for, you might do, do a blog post, something like, let's um, think, you might be doing a talk, um, like my upcoming TEDx talk. And I might have a blog post that's also optimized for my TEDx talk. You may go to the blog post and then make sure all the links work. If someone has found you through search, they've seen you, they've heard you, they know your brand, and they've gone to a blog post, there's nothing worse than clicking on a link that sends you to a dead link. Do you know how many times people, if they go through and click a link, and you might have like what's called a 404 error as the page is not there anymore, or the page or the link isn't working, people will not go back and then find another link, they just click off. So make sure your links are working. And I know if that happens to me, I'm so frustrated, and talking of frustration, if someone is wanting to work with you to make money easily, please make sure all the load times on your sites. My brain works really fast. Um, I know my team say this all about, about me all the time. My brain works really, really fast in different directions. And if I'm on someone's site and I'm intrigued about buying something or finding their services, if I'm sat there waiting for a page to load, more often than not, I will just click off and I'm onto something else because I'm not sitting there for 10 seconds even waiting for your page to load because you've got too too many um, images or graphics and they're too large. The tip for this is check your own site. Pretend like you are one of your ideal clients right now. Go through everything that you you do and see, is it really obvious? And it can be hard to do that for ourselves. So if you haven't or don't think you can do that, but I'm going to say to you, find your least techie friend, find your mum. find your dad, find anyone who does not know intimately what you do, and ask them to navigate through your site. See if they understand what they would do, not what you think you would do, because you know the setup. And you've also got to know your audience. When it comes, don't forget, this is always about making money easily. So you've got to understand your ideal client of how they want to spend and make money easily with you. So they want to give you their money. But you've got to know your audience. So if I created, say, a sleep meditation for people who are Googling how to get back to sleep when you wake up at night, and they were doing this at 2 a.m. in the morning when they're frustrated, they've got insomnia, they just want to sleep. They might Google it. They've then found a page, specific page, again, not a home page or a website. They found a specific page or blog post. They want to buy it. Now, if it's 2 a.m. and they're looking at their phone in bed because they're just frustrated. They're they're not highly likely to get out of bed, go and find a credit card to pay for this sleep meditation. They want to make it really easy to do right then, to do there because they're making themselves feel better. And then they might do it then. So they want to pay for it and they want that meditation right now. Can I please listen to you, Laura, because I need help to get them back to sleep. So how can you make it easy for them in that situation, knowing your ideal client to buy from you? Now, I know there's many people in the online world who have recurring payment options. You might have a membership, you might have a course on payment options. You might do working with your clients and they have monthly payment fees. When we talk about making money, there is nothing quicker to lower your vibration with money when it says to to a client, I've sent you the invoice, can you pay it? Can you pay it? Can you pay it? I hate chasing money because it's such a low vibration conversation and it doesn't need to happen. Because if you have recurring payments, set it up so it happens on automation. Because I, as a client, if I'm on the other side, I don't want to have more things to do. I don't want you to keep sending me an invoice every month that I've got to go and pay. I just want it to be done. To be fair, I put it into my assistant to do it for me. But I don't want to do it. It's creating more work when none needs to be present. Again, we're all about making money easily. Thank you, pages. Just say we fast forward and someone's bought from you. What next? What next? If someone's bought from you and the thank you page just says, thank you for buying. Say if I use my sleep meditation as an example again, they say, thank you for buying. And you're okay, but am I supposed to go to my emails now? I mean, is it supposed to download here? What's supposed to have happen? I don't understand what's happening. And thank you pages are such an important part of real estate in your process that make sure you're using them. So even if someone books a call and there's a thank you, make sure that when they book a call, it tells them what's happening next. You've got to future pace them because a future pace, by the way, if you don't know this term, means that you've got to tell your ideal client what's happening next. It's just a fancy term for what happens next. So are you telling them? Are you making it easy for them to buy? And if you have more than one thing, how can someone buy more than one thing from you? So if you have multiple products, have you, well, actually, let me ask you, have you ever done this? Have you ever been on a site shopping for something and you kind of thought to yourself, John, I'm going to spend, I'm quite happy spending. And you feel like it's hard work. You feel like you're running through treacle. I want to spend with you. And you've got one thing in your cart and you're like, right, I'll buy something else. And then they've made it really, really, really difficult. So you're on the cart page and it doesn't say, do you want to continue shopping? It just says trying to take you forward and you're like, okay, if I press back, is that going to come out of my cart? Is there linked items that I want to buy? An example of this is if you've ever bought a toy for a child, which is an electronic toy, how many parents love when someone says, do you have the relevant batteries? Because there is nothing worse than having a new toy and suddenly going, oh, we haven't got the batteries. This is like if you buy cards, Again, there's online card retailers who are great at saying, do you have stamps? Because there's nothing worse than thinking now you have to go out to a shop to go and get a stamp to send your card that you bought online. So if you have linked products that make sense specifically for that, for your ideal client to spend more with you, but is an integrity for them to buy, then are you telling them about it? Are you telling them about it? Because this is is what we want to do. Um, and I know recently I was looking for a new journal. My favorite, favorite journal that I've used for years has gone out of print and I knew it was going out of print. So i bought a stack of them. Uh, but now it's completely stopped. And I do love this one. And I've given it to it as a lot of client gifts. So now I'm, I was looking for a new journal. Now for me, changing journal is a big thing because if, if any of the fellow journal writers out there, you know the format of your journal, you know the size of your journal. It's just kind of, it's part of the routine. So because I was changing journal, I thought, right, you know, I'm going to buy myself a couple of new journals and see which one feels good because I'm a kinesthetic. So which one feels good for me? And it was interesting because I bought a variety of different ones for different sources. One of the retailers did this beautifully. It had, I bought a new journal. It was in my basket. Then it said to me, would you like, here's a variety of pens that you could buy. I was like, You know what? Yes, I would, because it was a whole new buying experience for me, and I'd quite happily buy a new pen to go with my new journal. It didn't feel sleazy. It was just an integrity. It was what I was buying, it was along with my purchase. It was beautifully done. And that person made more money from me easily because they gave me options that were relevant to what I was buying. Now, I know that all of those kind of very strategic, implementable tactics I've just given you may seem very easy. And you may be going, I know all this, or most of it, or some of it. Why am I not doing it? So why are you not doing it? Well, you could be avoiding them. You could be doing self-sabotage. So why are you self-sabotaging? Here's some of the reasons I hear most often. Well, if I don't actually promote my talk, book, course, whatever it might be that you have, then people can't buy it. And then people can't judge me, and then I don't have to be ridiculed, and I don't have people to know I'm a fake, a.k.a. imposter syndrome. Another reason I hear from my um, UK entrepreneurs, especially if you're newer or starting out, is if I don't make money easily, then I don't have to worry about the VAT limit. So I don't have to worry about trying to work out everything to do with the VAT limit, and if I'm over what I need to pay, how I rework my pricing structure, and everything to do with that. So whether you're in the UK or not, there may be a limit on as, as you get over a certain revenue that your tax Im, um, implications change. Sorry, And if that's the case, is that a ceiling? And that's why you're self-sabotaging, because you don't want to hit that limit. You could be self-sabotaging about hiring, because if you make money easily, let's say when you make money easily. You may have to start thinking about a team because you can't do it all yourself. and that can make you uncomfortable. Therefore, if you don't make money easily or the amount of money that you want to make, then I don't have to deal with hiring any of you. I don't have to deal with a team. It's just me. So these are just some of the reasons why you could be self-sabotaging and not making money easily. So thank you for listening to me today. And I hope you found this interesting. I'd love to hear what from today's episode kind of sticks in your mind or what you could be doing differently. And my final thought for today has been part of my journey in the moons gone by about dealing with things and doing all of the things rather than focusing on how to make money easily. So there was a time in my life, as I said, moon's gone by that I wanted to do everything. I wanted to do all the things as a marketeer. That's part of my mind as well. But if you change the question, and if I can ask it for you today right now, how can you make money easily? Great question to end on, isn't it? So if you know of someone who would benefit from listening to Building Legacy, then send them to LauraPainstanley.com to sign up. And when you're ready to explore your legacy, your success and impact on the world, there's a couple of ways that you can work with me. The first is Be Boosted. This is a six day virtual event. It's for two hours only per day. It happens in November, but we start with three months worth of community support as well or you can join me for an immersive day like no others. This happens as half days or full days. It is an incredibly powerful day. We will do it one-to-one in person. If we can do it, if not, they are available online. It's a mixture of coaching and hypnotherapy. It's releasing techniques, enabling you to move to the next level. Um, like we have a sprinkling of strategy on there too.